And again, if y'all missed yesterday, what you missed also is uh, Matt's uncle here, Sean, brought us to Alabama with a lovely rendition of one of their songs. And it was a nice throwback to some classic music. And it was a really good time. And I went home that night with a renewed spirit and a renewed mind. And um, I needed that because this weekend has been a little rough. Um, on me, I've been, you know, dealing with some, some personal issues, and I kept having issues, and things weren't going right. I'd get something going, and then something would stop it. I'd get the house cleaned, and then in getting the rest of the other side of the house cleaned, the other part would get dirty. Or we'd get a delivery of an item, and I wouldn't be able to build it. I'm not the best equipped at building things, and also my back has been pretty bad, and my shoulder's been pretty bad, so I can't even really screw anything in for very long. So just lots of just continuous aggravation over and over again. Uh, and it was kind of ironic because the title of my sermon this week is Make the Best of It. And I had to constantly remind myself to make the best of my day. And that is the point of this sermon for us to know as Christians that your circumstance is not going to define you. What will define you is whether or not you're capable of making the best out of the situation you're in. Life will have its ups and downs, and you need to learn to make the best of all of those circumstances. You can be at your best even when life is not at its best. And you are in charge of making that decision. Even when it's hard, it is still happening to you. So you may as well find joy in that moment. This is the only moment that you have. And without the ability to make the best of your situation, you will never be able to climb the mountains that are in your path. I cannot promise you as a Christian that life will be easy, but what I can promise you is that God has provided you with a way to climb over the obstacles in your path. And that is for you to learn to make the best out of the situation that you're in. The circumstance surrounding a lot of biblical miracles, a lot of those miracles, the circumstance was actually kind of bad. A lot of those circumstances, when you look at them, it would, you would say, man, that circumstance kind of sucks. Daniel was in a... In a lion's den, David was about to be destroyed by a, a, you know, a monster of a man. There was a giant flood. Jesus was crucified. All of these things that were happening in the Bible, those circumstances were not great. But the people within the circumstance, they were great. And they participated in making their miracle happen by making the best out of the situation they were in. And there are three ways that we fail to make the best of our current situation. And that will be the meat and potatoes of my sermon today. The three ways that you can mess up the concept of, well, my mic, there's one way. Not having a mic, that'll do you any good. We have been having a little bit of trouble with the soundboard today. That is all right. So the three ways we fail to make the best of our current situation is getting stuck in our past, questioning God and being distracted by our future. And I want to go first to getting stuck in the past. Ecclesiastes 7.10 says, Do not say why were the old days better than these, for it is not wise to ask such questions. better than these, for it is not wise to ask such questions. Those are things that we, we don't need to say. Ecclesiastes basically flat out tells you, don't reminisce too much. 
You are stuck because of how good it was. There are two ways you can be stuck in the past. Way number one is you can be stuck because of how good it was. And we'll talk about that now. You can reminisce your way into missing life. The past was once the present. And also it was once even your future. Don't be so attached to it. There was a time when your past was the future that you were possibly dreading or the future that you were looking forward to. It is your job as a Christian to understand that God has done for you and God has provided for you, but ultimately to also be prepared for what is happening now and what is to happen in the future. So don't get too attached to how wonderful the times of the past were because you might be missing out on how good today can be. Your presence in the present can make a difference in today's quality. You might not be having as good of a today as you had a yesterday because you're still working in yesterday and you're not participating in today. Yearning for the glory days will make you miss God's glory today. And if you get stuck reliving old memories, you'll never get to make new ones. I know plenty of people who have the mindset that they're always reminiscing, they're always talking about the good old days, and I watch them with sorrow because I know they're not making the same level of memories today. And there will come a time in the future where they look back on today's present and they will have nothing to remember because they were not participating in it. You cannot create memories by living in your old ones. And you can't actually re-experience things. And there's a reason for that. What happened to you was supposed to change you. It was supposed to develop you. You can never be that person again because you're not called to be that person today. So yes, your past may have been better, but it was supposed to develop you. You were supposed to get better. And if you could go back and relive the past, it wouldn't be the same because you're not supposed to be the same anymore. Things happen to you in the present to change you. So when they become the past, they should not be something you're willing to go back to because you have made progress and you don't want to go backwards. You know, and I think about that in my relationship where I think of how much fun some parts of our relationship were. And, and you know, married couples and people with children and people with grandchildren can tell you, you might think to yourselves, it might be fun to go back to the time where you had ultimate freedom. You were young. You didn't have a lot of responsibilities, you didn't have a lot of bills, and there were no kids, so you didn't have to worry about who to put to bed, and you could just go whenever you wanted. And it starts to get tempting to be like, man, that'd be so much fun to experience again, but in my relationship, it wouldn't, because my wife and I were not as close as we are now, and I would much rather have the relationship we have today with more time constraints, more physical restraints, more financial restraints, because we're not restrained by our connection anymore. We're not making a connection, we have one. And so even within a relationship, you can find yourself going back to the glory days and thinking about it, but it's dangerous because you would miss out on what you have today. And another way that you can get stuck in the past is because of how bad it was. And in today's times, this is a lot of people, they're stuck in how bad their past was. And it starts to become who they are. They define themselves by what happened to them and where they've been in life. And you have to know you are in charge of telling the world how to define you. And if you define yourself by your past, you become irrelevant today. Things might be missing you and going over you because you're in the past and the world is today focused. You might be stuck missing out on new things because you're still worried about how bad it used to be. <coughs> 
And the, you have to understand as a Christian that if it's in your past, it's past. It's because you made it past it. You didn't end you. You are a completed project in that aspect. If you had an addiction in your past, then you have been able to say, I am past my addiction. It is no longer a part of you. Things are a part of the past because they are no longer a part of the present. Mm -hmm. So you can let them go. They don't need to define you. It's one of the, the faults of mankind is that we define ourselves by factors that don't exist anymore. And we continue to do that over and over again. I'm an angry person, or I'm a failure, I used to have this job, and I had an addiction, and I cheated on my wife, and I lost my family, I've got kids that I don't see. You have all of these factors that, that are affecting you from your past, when really you should be focused on your present, because you might be missing out on how good life is currently, because you don't live in the current. And, and another thing for, for being stuck in how bad it was, and this is something that I think a lot of people, not just Christians, need to hear, is that memories are meant to be remembered, not lived again. If something has happened to you in your past, something that is tragic, you should find a way to get beyond what happened to you. As difficult as that is, and as hard as that is, find a way, either through therapy, find a way through your own words, find a way to get to a point where you're not reliving your bad past anymore, you are now to the point where it is a memory. And memories are things that you can activate when you want to activate them. And that is a part of healthy life. Your past should be something you're in control of. I can remember what I want to remember from my past. And I can shut off what I don't want to shut off, what I want to shut off from my past. And every single person who has gone through something shouldn't define themselves as a victim of that circumstance. But rather, they should define themselves as a victor of that battle. <coughs> and another part of the walk that, that we get distracted with, now that we're done with the past, you're out of the past, and maybe you're not past-minded, and maybe that's not the issue. <coughs> maybe you're the type of person that likes to question God. If you go to Romans 9.20, it says, But who are you, a human being, to talk back to God. Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, why did you make me like this? <coughs> and you know, I've said that myself, why did you make me like this? When I was younger and I had some anger issues that I had to deal with, I said to God, well, why did you make me angry? And I, I started to get that mindset. And you know, uh, as I grew out of my teenage mind, I realized God wasn't making me angry. I was in control of being an angry person and that was my fault. And if you go to Ecclesiastes 5.2, you can see, Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth. So let your words be few. <coughs> when you ask questions of God, you prove you do not value His authority over your life. And the way you can understand that is every one of us has had a career and a job that has been where there is a boss above us. And you do not go to your boss and ask him with accusatory language why something is happening. Because if you did, you would have a new career and a new boss. And that is the way of life. So we are all well versed in understanding authority. As a child, you don't often go to your parents and say, well, why are you doing this? Because you respect that authority. When you become an adult, you don't go to your job and tell your boss, why am I not being paid enough? 
because you understand that authority. And many of us who talk about politics and talk about how we dislike candidates, very rarely if you were to meet that politician would you immediately say to them, well, why did you sign this? Why did you sign this bill? Because we understand that authority. So if we understand earthly authority, why can't we understand spiritual authority? <coughs> Excuse me today. Sorry about that. And, and spiritual authority should be the one that takes precedent. You know, our life should be something that we, we don't question God in because you're well-versed in not making questions of authority. You understand authority. You've been taught it from the second you were born. From the second you step foot onto the earth, you have been taught about authority. And apply those same lessons to God. Do not question His authority in your life. And, and the reason for that is that you can't even figure out your own problems. So how dare you try to dictate God? If you're going to God and you're complaining to Him, it's because you're still dealing with issues. You're still dealing with problems. And if you can't solve those problems, then how dare you go to the Father and tell Him what He should do? You can't even figure you out. So it's not your place to tell God what to do because you can't even direct yourself to a correct and valuable life. We ask questions that we are not qualified to ask and we wait on answers we're not capable of understanding. <coughs> and that is where questioning God gets dangerous. What if he answered you? You wouldn't be able to understand the answer. It would be a waste of a question. It would be a waste of an interaction with God because his answer would not lead you anywhere. Oftentimes when you question God, he gives you an answer that just simply tells you, stop asking me questions. The way I do my son or my daughter. When they ask too many questions, I don't give them answers. I give them directions. Don't ask me that again. This isn't your place. Or as me and Tanisha say, this is grown folk business. You're a child. Go do children things. And God often gives us those answers when we ask those questions. So what's the point of asking them? You're not going to get your answer. God's not going to immediately explain himself to you. He's never explained himself to a single person. No one has a full definition of God. No one has a full, complete understanding of God. So you will never be the one to get it. So stop wasting time asking those questions. Now, occasionally asking questions of God, that is a part of, of, of faith. That is a, a part of your walk. It's, it's something you have to try not to do, but it is a part of Christian failure. You'll, you'll participate in that. You will have questions of God. And that is not what I'm telling you today. I'm not telling you that if you have questions of God that you're just completely out of focus in your faith. What I'm telling you is that if you have constant questions with God and you're so willing to go to God and you're so willing to question Him, that is a sign that you have strayed away from true faith. True faith is this. I don't need to question God because I know He is the answer. You do not question the answer. God is the answer. Don't question Him. And this is the same God that's delivered you from everything else. Why doubt Him now? What is different about this issue? What is different about this circumstance? Nothing. Because God is still in ultimate control of that circumstance. And I'm going to close uh, the don't question God part with this. Change the questions to have a future that is positive. Instead of asking God why, God, ask Him what's next, God. Instead of asking Him how could you, ask God how can I. Instead of asking God why didn't you fix this, ask Him what is your will, God. 
Those are things that you can do. Those are ways you can train yourself out of asking bad questions. You may not be able to train yourself out of questions to God, but you can train yourself to ask good and proper questions. Ask questions that have a future. Ask questions that give you a direction. If you ask God why, what would it do for you? Not much. If you gave me the answer, it wouldn't do much. It wouldn't change much of your understanding. It wouldn't change much of who you are in that moment. But what you can do by asking God what's next is you can prepare yourself. So ask more valuable questions of God. There is nothing wrong with going to God with a question. The, co the nature of questions with God is not the problem. It's when you're questioning His authority that is the issue. You can ask questions of God. Those are three good questions. What's next? What is your will? And how can I participate in it? Those are three easy questions you can ask God that will help you through any situation. And lastly, on the last tab, we're getting to the future. Matthew 6, 34. This whole tab is for people who are future-minded. Matthew 6, 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Mm -hmm. Woo! I have sent that scripture to my wife before. I sent that scripture in a text to myself before. Because that last part really sticks with me. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Why worry about it? You've got problems in the present. Don't worry about the future's problems. Solve what's in front of you today. Luke 12, 25, 26. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? The Bible will tell you over and over again to stop worrying about your future. Not to stop preparing. There's a difference in preparing and worrying. Now, don't worry about your future because God has taken care of it. And if you understand a true walk with Christ, you understand that God is ahead of you, making a way for you to go. And if you just stay close to God, then your future is nothing to worry about. However, you should be prepared. And that is a perfectly fine thing to do, but that line gets muddy where you go from preparing for the future to worrying about it. So you have to constantly find that divide in your life and say to yourself, am I worried about the future or am I prepared for it? That scripture that we read first and the scripture that we read second will tell you nobody's done anything in their life by worrying about it. Worry has not ever solved an issue. Worry has never made something change. There's been no great invention, no great advent, no great change to life that has come out of worry. There is nothing that has changed from worry. Now, the prepared, the action takers, they have made changes. And preparing and taking action in the future, or for the future, that has made changes in the world. And you have to go to two parts of yourself and define your life by this. Am I a warrior or am I prepared? And if you are a warrior, then you better get prepared instead because worrying will waste your life away. And just like the past, there are two ways that you can get stuck in the future. You can get stuck dreading the future. And here's one way that the future can really cause problems for you is that you're so afraid of the future that you never make progress. You never define yourself by going forward because you're too afraid to take those steps. So you're always stuck where you are. And if you're not in a good circumstance, you're constantly stuck somewhere not worthy of you. The future hasn't happened yet. 
things can change. It may look bad today, but as you make progress, those things typically get better. And when you make moves in life, they typically are forward moving. You very rarely as a Christian, when you stay close to God, make backwards moves. When you find yourself in a close relationship with God, the future isn't scary because as you make moves, answers become more clear. The path becomes more easy to follow. And just keep walking past your past. Just keep going forward. Keep taking steps in the world because you shouldn't dread the future because God has already been there. And if God has already been there, it is nothing for you to worry about. And if you still are worried about the future, even though you know God has been there and made a way for you, then you don't really trust that he's been there and made a way for you. God is ahead of you, preparing your path. Stick close to him. That's the easiest way I can tell you to live life. You have to stick close to God. Yes, the future can be terrifying if you're the one in control of it. But you don't have to be the one in control of it. Carrie Underwood sang a wonderful song called Jesus Take the Wheel. And it's a wonderful song because I don't have to drive the car anymore. I know that God is driving it. And Matt, my brother here, is chuckling because I've wrecked quite a few cars. Figuratively and literally, I have wrecked quite a few cars. So I don't like being behind the wheel. And I don't want to be behind the wheel in life because I have totaled my life before. So I'm excited to give God my future because I know it is in the hands of someone who is better equipped to prepare a life for me than I am. Worrying about the future can make your present awful. You can just get stuck worrying about something that is not going to happen. That is one of the worst things that happens to people in the real world, is they worry so much that they can't enjoy the present, they can't enjoy the current times, because they're constantly worried about the future, and then they get to the future, and the thing they're worried about didn't even happen. And they wasted all of that time, and all of that effort, and all of those tears, and all of that stress, and they took all of those minutes out of their life for nothing. You don't know the future. You're not certain. Nothing in the future is certain except this. God has been there and he's made a way for you. And if that is something we know, then don't worry about the future. It can change. Don't define yourself by the fact that you're not ready for the future. That's all right. Instead of giving up already, prepare for the future. Fight. Get ready and win. The future can be a victory for you if you just stop worrying about it and start preparing yourself for it. And another way you can be worried about the future, or be trapped in the future, I should say, is by anticipating it. Some people's current circumstance is bad, so they're constantly thinking to themselves, man, in a few months it's going to get better. All i got to do is wait. I've just got to bide my time. It'll get better. It'll get better. It'll get better. And they're not doing anything in the present time because they're so ready for the blessings of the future. And what you do by getting worried about the blessings of the future is you miss your opportunity to use the blessings of today, which will then limit the blessings of the future that you have. Because you have to plant seeds today in order to harvest tomorrow. So if you're worried about your harvest and you haven't planted anything, well, come harvest season, you'll have dry ground. You'll have empty ground. And that is what happens to so many Christians. They get stuck knowing that God is going to make a life for them, but they don't participate in the miracle by existing in the present and making things happen today. Joy and hope for what's to come is good, but don't let that make what you have today go to waste. The future is good when you're prepared for it and when you've laid out a plan for it and when you've given it to God. So what you can do to make the future exciting is participate by enjoying today. This is your moment. This is the time that you're alive. God is the only being on the planet, 
right, in, the, in the entire galaxy, all over the spectrum of life, he's the only being that exists today, yesterday, and tomorrow. You exist today, so live for today. The future isn't, isn't what you are dreaming of, it's what God made happen for you. So don't get wrapped up in creating a future for yourself because God might have something completely different ready for you. You might be preparing to buy a house and God might be telling you it's time to sign another lease at your apartment. You might be preparing for a new career and God's saying, actually, I'm going to send you to Africa for a missions trip. You might be preparing to go back to school and God's telling you that's not the career for you. Don't prepare your own future. Just participate in the future that God is preparing for you. The future is coming up next. Your job is to level up before you get there. Because when the future happens, if you, who are, if you are who you are today in the future, you will fail your future. The future is ahead of you to give you time to prepare for it. And if you remain unprepared for the future, then you will do this. Go to the future unprepared, and you will not have a successful time there. And then it will become a past that you get stuck in. It is an inevitable cycle. You get too far ahead of yourself, you fail to the future, and eventually that becomes the past that you're stuck in. And you live a life where you're either past tense, or present tense, or future tense. And only one of those is the way you should live. You should be today focused. Being yesterday focused will leave you in the past. Being tomorrow focused will make you miss out on making memories today. Your job is to exist in today. Don't just sit and wait. Use the time you have today to prepare and take action. Plans that you make, they can be changed. And, and actually, your idea of the future and the plans that you make for the future, that's like the wind. It's fleeting. It changes. And changes can be made in the speed, the direction, the intensity. All of these things can happen in a moment's notice. And the way you know that life can hit you hard, even though you thought you prepared for it, and you thought you were in control of it, is absolutely no one on this earth and no one in this building has ever said to themselves, in a few years, I'm going to prepare for the death of X, Y, and Z in my life. It's not how we think. It's not how we live. That's not a hopeful way to live life. Now, when it happens and things are coming and people get sick, then you start to prepare yourself. But as a child, you don't go to your, to your future. As a teenager, you don't, when they ask you what your future is, you don't say, well, in my future, I'm going to be a, a lawyer, and while I'm a lawyer, my dad is going to die, my mom is going to get sick, and my brother is going to leave. And You don't prepare for the harsh times of life, and you don't dream of the harsh times of life when you have an opportunity to do so. Changes are made all the time in what you think your direction is. And so your job is to stay attached to what God's direction is. Always begging for what's next from God means you're not appreciating Him right now. You have to appreciate what God has given you today. Because despite your circumstance, despite your attitude about it, despite your anticipation of the future, God is enough right now. And you have to understand as a Christian, when you're too future-focused... You're saying to God, what you've done isn't enough for me today. And as a Christian, you should live every day with the ending of, this, of the day with this. God, what you did for me today was plenty. I keep owing you over and over again. I want to repay you, but I'll never be able to. And though you are going to bless me tomorrow, I will still... In that day, trying to pay you back. You are always in debt to God because He's always doing for you. And the truth about what God does for you is it's good enough. Despite what you think about that situation, despite what you think about your circumstance, make the best of it because it is good enough for you. God has got you where He wants you. God has placed in your life what He wants to have placed in your life. 
Your job is to just get near to him, get close to him, and those situations will come away as you stay close to him. God is not trapped by circumstance. God is not trapped by problems. God is not trapped by th things that you can't figure out. God is not full of sorrow. God is not stuck anywhere. God is constantly moving to the future, constantly moving to a better place, constantly getting things from the dirt to the sky, constantly polishing things up and making them new and clean. So you just stay clear of the past, stay clear of the future, and stay right where you need to be with God. And let God define the future. Let God define you. And you just live right next to Him every day saying this, wherever God is, I will be. And God is here with you today. And He is good enough for you today. So your circumstance may not be what you think it should be, but it is exactly what God has got Himself for you. Just exist within Him. Just exist, exist next to Him. I use the word proximity a lot because I like it. Because it defines my life. All situations in life can be solved with proximity. Get closer to God and problems get further away. The closer you are to God, the further you are away from sorrow. The further away from God you are, the closer you are to sorrow. So if you find yourself in a place where you are just filled with hurt and filled with sorrow, find your way to God again. Get closer to Him. Get nearer to Him. And I'm going to close with these few thoughts. Past-minded people get stuck and they never make progress. They never achieve because they couldn't grow. They have a hard time because life changes very often, but they never do. They can never adapt. Past-minded people do not adapt, and thus they do not succeed. They struggle with bitterness, anger, self-confidence. They, fa they fail to make new memories and new connections because they're stuck in the memories of what they used to have. Future-minded people are never satisfied. The world sees their achievements, but they never do. They're perpetually stuck in a state of dissatisfaction. They struggle with anxiety, emptiness, and a lack of fulfillment. That is the danger of both mindsets. The past will leave you behind and the future will have you trip and fall because you're not prepared for today. Be present focused. The present is the only time period you will ever live in. A key to life is learning to be present focused. Yes, there is a tomorrow, but when tomorrow happens, that'll be your today. You only ever exist today. You only ever exist in the present. You can only ever make changes to your life in today. You can only ever experience in today. Today and the present is the only time you'll ever be able to exist. You can't go back and you can't flash forward. So make the best of what you have today because you need to practice that. You need to be able to say to yourself, I am good today. Because if you define yourself by your circumstance, that will be fleeting and you will fail in life. If you define yourself by what happened to you, you will be stuck behind there. And if you define yourself by finally getting out of your circumstance, you'll find yourself in a new circumstance in the future. And it will be an inevitable cycle where you're constantly failing to be happy. Present living people are the happiest. Change your life. Yes. Go look back at your memories and enjoy them. God gave you blessings. Go appreciate them. A good way to do that is to tell stories and, and to tell 
to tell your testimony. That's a wonderful thing. And to appreciate the, the things that God has given to you by thanking Him for them. And I thank God for things He did for me 15 years ago, over and over again. But I don't exist in those times anymore. I let them go because I'm new. I'm better than I was then. I've made progress. So I don't want to go back because going back would be at the cost of the progress of who I am today. You can also be ready for the future. And that's fine too. Be prepared. Ask God, what's next in my life? What can you do for me next, God? What are you going to do for me next? What can I do for you next, God? What is my calling? How do I get prepared for my future? And pray and listen. And then when he gives you answers and he gives you direction, do it. It's a good part of the Christian walk. But you don't get trapped in the future. You come back and prepare in the present. You have to exist in today because that is a day that God gave you. You exist in this moment for a reason. Your past is gone. Leave it. And you don't need to wait for the future to be something great. You can do that today. It's called your past because it's past. And if it were a test, then you passed it. Now you're living in the present, which is the gift you get to make through it. And the future is even brighter. You just got to believe God will take you to it. I'm going to say it again, and I want you to hear it all over again. And I hope that the people online will hear this. If not, I'll post it for you over again. It's called your past because it's past. If it were a test, then you passed it. Now you live in the present, which is the gift you get for making it through it. And the future is even brighter. You just got to believe God will take you to it. God is so good today. God was so good yesterday. God will be so good in the future. And the most important one of those is God is good today. God is good today. Yes, there is war being raged right now. Yes, there is, there is famine all over the world. Yes, there are problems. Yes, you might be in poor health. Yes, your finances may not be great. Despite all of those circumstances, make the best of it because God is good enough today. And if you are defined by your circumstances, then you are not defined by who God is defining you as. And if you find yourself stuck in life, where you're constantly defined by how good life is around you, get yourself closer to God and remember this. God is good enough for me today. Make something of today. The people in the Bible that we hear about, they made something of their present. They made something of their today. Noah had a today to make an ark, and he did it. He could have been stuck in what happened to him. He could have been worried about the water. But instead, he got to work and made a way and made a miracle happen. There are miracles ready to be had in the world, and it is up to you to make them happen. God has given you the ability, me, the ability to make miracles happen. And we do that by being present focused and changing today. By changing today, you change the future. The trap of the world is that you can change the future. You can't. You can change today, and that will alter the future. You can make a change for tomorrow by making changes today. My son, this morning, got himself in some trouble. And I told him, you can't make up for what you did Already, you can't take it back. But what you can do today is be better today. You can be different today. And that will change your tomorrow. I always tell my kids, I lay out a punishment before you when you make a mistake. But I also give you a chance and an opportunity, just like my Heavenly Father does, to make amends. To say you're sorry, to repent for what happened, and to change your direction. And in so doing, 
you can change what's happening. I may have promised you that you're not going to be able to watch your TV for a couple of weeks. But by changing what you're doing today, and by changing the way you live every day, I will see that, and I may have mercy on you. And that is the same way your father lives. You may be in a difficult circumstance, but if you just continue to make changes in the day that you have, he will have mercy and grace on you. Our God is merciful. Our God is graceful. Our God is good. Our God is great. And our God does all of those things today for you. Father God in heaven, I want to thank the people today. We know the devil tried to attack this service. We know the devil tried to attack this sermon. But we made the best of it. How ironic, God, that we had to make the best of a microphone situation when you're telling me a message about making the best of the circumstances that you have. How ironic, God, that you give us the opportunity to live out your word in your own service, God. We thank you for the opportunity to participate in that. We thank you for the opportunity to validate your kingdom by just existing for today. We know, God, that the past has already happened. We love and appreciate you for getting us through it. We love and appreciate the things you've done for us. God, I thank you for making me who I am today by using my past to shape me. I'm pleased with my present because of what you did in the past. And God, I'm even more ready for the future because I know through experience that I'll get to my future a new person, a new, renewed, better me. And I'm excited to be that better me, God. So I do what I can today to get ready for that. Tell me what I can do today so I can be better for you tomorrow. Tell me what I can do to prepare so I can have a powerful ministry, so I can change lives for your kingdom, God. We pray these things in your holy name. Amen. I love you guys. Thanks for sticking through it today. I know it was a little bit rough with the microphone situation. I know I had a cough, and I know I look amazing. But, and that probably was very distracting, but I thank you. I love you. Stay present, focus, folks.